0: Fun. It's Jules, your host the all things Iceland podcast. This week's episode is kind of special for me because it's a little bit of a sneak peek into how Gunnar and I at home are helping me to learn Icelandic. And I often get questions from people about learning the language and my journey and people always assume that I'm so fluent in Icelandic. Granted, I have a way better grasp of it and I've definitely been progressing, but I'm not at the level where I feel like it just rolls off my tongue and it's easy for me to think in the language. Like It's a process for everybody, of course, and for me, it's been an interesting one. I think I might have mentioned in the past I've had my highs and lows <laughs> regarding the language, and one major part of learning for me has been pushing myself outside of my comfort zone. And so in order to do that, Gunnar and I decided to speak Icelandic to each other for a month. And yeah, (laughs) it was a really great experiment because it helped me to learn so much about myself. And I definitely go into that. And in fact, Gunnar and I made a video about this journey and put it on YouTube and the audio for this episode is from that video. Of course, you can check out the video on allthingslicestim.com, but I know so many people just like to listen to the podcast and don't necessarily want to watch a video. So I wanted to make sure I shared this audio on here because It is something that could be helpful to individuals or at least to give some insight for people who might not have learned another language and are curious about some of the processes around it, particularly when you have another person that you're relying on, like a spouse, a friend, a family member. It's a delicate dance at times for sure. And we definitely go into that. And just to note, Ganat and I first did this experiment in July of 2020. And that was quite challenging. And what I did is I recapped that experience and put it on Patreon, the All Things Eyes and Patreon community. So you might hear me reference that experience. And that's why. <laughs> the reason why I mentioned that is because our experience this time around is very different than last time. It's always good to be able to compare your progress. So I hope you enjoy listening to this episode. And many of you haven't heard Ganar in a while. So maybe this is a treat for you in that way too. He's very soft-spoken, as many people have commented. (laughs) So I did have to pump up the volume a bit (laughs) for him. But I hope you enjoy this episode and... If you are enjoying the All Things Iceland podcast, please make sure to leave a review if that is possible on the platform that you're listening to this on. So a rating, which is the stars and an actual written review means that other people who are looking for a podcast about Iceland will be able to because more people have commented on Iceland they're enjoying the show or what they like about the show and the different things that I am sharing. So I would greatly appreciate it if you are enjoying the show, if you do that. We have a lovely guest today. It's my husband, Gunnar. Welcome.
1: Thank you. Nice to meet you all again.
0: (laughs) And we are here to talk about our experience of speaking in Icelandic to each other. For the majority of the time, I'd love to say it was every day, all day, but I'd say it was like 95% or more of the month of March in which we spoke Icelandic to each other and Mm -hmm. I feel like the reason at least for this video is it being helpful is that a lot of the people see the end result of learning a difficult language like Icelandic instead of learning about the process of the language and the trials and tribulations, the failures, the triumphs. And I'm not gonna necessarily do a deep dive into my life regarding Icelandic, but this will at least give you a glimpse into what we're doing in order to help me to learn and for our relationship when it comes to Icelandic. Because when we met and got together, English is what we spoke and it's so easy for us to go back into speaking English or just switch to English whenever I need to express myself or Gundogan needs to express something that I haven't learned specifically in Icelandic yet. So in essence, that's just a peek into our life that way. And to demystify the process of learning a little bit. I mean, this is, like I said, it's a a little sneak peek. In this video, we will go into that. And just as a side note that might be helpful is that we did this experiment last summer so I'm gonna be referencing that as well as we talk about our experience together and give you some insight. And hopefully this is helpful to anybody who has a partner in which you're learning their language or a friend or anyone else, you know, and just some, some thoughts. So feel free to let me know in the comments if you're learning Icelandic or any other language and how that's been going for you. So we're gonna kick it off <laughs> with some questions. And the first one being, for good and then I'll answer it, is, When we started this process, meaning I said to you, I would like to do it again since we did it last July. And that was pretty challenging to do it for a month. Were there any things, any feelings that you had about it or any concerns that came up?
1: Mm, Yes. (laughs) So I got a little bit nervous because uh, last time there was moments where I wanted to express things feelings wise uh, that it was hard to do so. And I was afraid that if something difficult would come up, that it would be frustrating.
0: Yeah, definitely. I can, I feel the same way. So it was last July when I said to that I'd like to do this experiment because he's always been very helpful in allowing me the space to say like, you know, if you want to do this, I will of course support you and do it with you, but not trying to push me to be in an uncomfortable space. Now, some people have their own ideas about what is considered to be the right thing regarding their partner. I'm not trying to judge people's relationships, but for us, giving each other the space that we need has been an important part of our relationship and having a safe space to go to. And I already am naturally wanting to achieve things and sometimes be uncomfortable. Icelandic has been another challenge altogether, (laughs) for sure. But for me, I definitely had this same concern And my biggest thing too was, was I feeling ready for this? Because last July, it was just like, literally diving into the deep end of the pool, not knowing how to swim, even though of course I've been learning Icelandic, but there was something very frightening about not having the safety net of English in essence, even though technically it's there, but the whole rule was we don't speak in English unless it was like an emergency. For me, it was like, okay, well I went to Isafjordur last summer, and so I know that it's possible, but yeah, I just didn't know how much uh, would come out in terms of what I'd learned, how much rec- recall would be there. And I think too, I have to mention that a lot of people think that because I did this video where I spoke in Icelandic throughout the whole video, that we like I go around all day, every day, speaking only in Icelandic. A lot of the things that I do are in English. So it is easy for me, but like Gunnar and I, you know, before this experiment, we're talking in Icelandic about our days, but sometimes we switch. So yeah, okay. So there's that concern about the frustration that can potentially come. Once we got into it though, was there anything that surprised you? Like, was it as difficult as you were potentially concerned about? Or was it different than that? Like what was, how was it feeling to you?
1: It was easier than the previous time. It was more advanced. It was less... There were fewer times where we had, like, hiccups. and yeah. I didn't notice you understanding something, and where I got, like, ooh, I wish I could say this in English. So, mm. fewer moments like that. It was only really towards the end of the month where came tempting to kinda of start cheating.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: but there was also some more emotional processing events and talks that we were coming up. And I would guess it was like ninety nine percent plus yeah. we took in Icelandic.
0: Yeah. It was it was a lot. I mean like a lot of the time that we were speaking. I think I just was very conservative with the ninety five percent because I was just wanting to I was hoping that like, I never had to use English, even though I knew that wouldn't be the case. And there was nothing wrong with it. It was just more of, if an emergency happened, like for instance, you had, you know, one time where you needed to tell me something and it was like, can I say this in English? Because I just want to make sure there's no confusion about this specific thing, because it's really important that you understand what's happening. And I was like, yeah, okay, you know? And that, that, of course, was always a possibility. And yeah, for me, similarly about, I felt that I was much better than I was expecting at letting it like roll off my tongue mm-hmm. about the things that I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. However, I did notice that this, I think what it does is that for me, it shows the gaps in my knowledge or my understanding about certain words because there would be times if I didn't understand, I'd say to Genneth like, Kvairn say it, Madur, something, how do you say this thing you know, so you say that in Icelandic, but you say the word in English. Always in like in Icelandic, and then he would help me with that. Or if I didn't know the word, <laughs> I would just say like I how I kind of think, and he would catch on. Which last summer there was kind of less understanding of when I was not sure about something, and I feel like this time around you understood or you caught it. Like, oh yeah, she's not she's not really sure what to say here, so I'll just say what the word in Icelandic. I'll just correct you. You know, like maybe you felt more comfortable doing it this time as well because I've had my moments where it's been hard. Like we've had a transition of him correcting me because being in a relationship or any time where you're equals, right? It could be so hard when all of a sudden you're just unequal in one particular situation that is now dominating your life, such as speaking in this language. And that's how I kind of felt in the past at times. I felt like a child and that I was not equal in this with him so it was hard to express myself and you know get frustrated and stuff so okay it's interesting to hear and were there any things that did challenge you this time around
1: not and this entirety it was a very successful exper- experience uh only towards the end and if if there was a moment of frustration then I'm used to responding like in English, but it needed... I guess we gave each other just automatically more space. Like, I think we were better prepared emotionally for this, too. Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
0: That was a huge step, because our relationship, in my opinion, has been very successful based off of this emotional balance that the both of us have. It's like a little dance, you know, that when I notice that something is up, you know, he can, you know... um, adjust and similarly like we just kind of realize we have these feelings about you know about each other but when it comes to the language learning part there's frustrations coming from me that don't necessarily have to do with our relationship it has to do with just me being frustrated and not being able to say this one thing and i'm trying to think of it but yeah i think i've matured <laughs> in the process because i was forced to do it also in another environment outside of us that made it that like you correcting me or whatever else didn't feel as weird as it did before There was less stress about it and it was kind of like yeah okay i mean that's what it is to grow right i mean maybe there was yeah some transformation mm-hmm. in both of us that has been positive thankfully but that's been a lot of trial and error it has not been like all of a sudden we're just totally fine like we went from sometimes doing one day where we speak Icelandic to a week and then it was a month, and then trying a, another month, and of course, days and stuff like that in between. But my biggest hurdle has always been feeling so self conscious about speaking. And that's why I often am, you know, wanting to do these experiments to just like break out of it. And yeah, okay.
1: There's obviously more fluency in that, and less um, hiccups in your speech pattern. Um, about more advanced topics, too. Like, uh, daily descriptions of our events have been, like, uh, basic to low intermediary, I would guess. But now I would say intermediary levels. You know, it felt like that. Yeah. Cool. That good.
0: Thank you. And where do you think I can improve? <laughs> because that is... And I know this is like a kind of like... It's not my teacher in, in the same sense. Like, I have a private teacher. But it is interesting to kind of hear from your perspective what would be
1: helpful for me maybe
0: to work on
1: I have a sense that you're working on things that are important to your development already so that uh, I would just like to see you continue doing what you have been doing Mm -hmm. okay (laughs) uh, maybe take another month in a shorter amount of time this time around instead of spreading out the months yeah. yeah so like um Take a week here and then maybe in three months, take a whole month again, you know, something like that. So that we see if there's as much continued development.
0: Yeah. Okay, awesome. I believe what is the biggest hurdle for me is more vocabulary Mm -hmm. and just the expression of myself because it's often that I'm searching for a word. And I think, like I mentioned, Well, I I didn't mention it, but Claudia mentioned in her video that I interviewed her, Claudia Ashani Wilson, who's a human rights lawyer here, and she came over from Jamaica, and she had a book where she would like write down the words that Mm. she was learning. Mm -hmm. And I think for me having maybe just a better list, or just creating a list really of Mm. words of certain things I want to use to express myself would be helpful because I'm often searching for them. And I don't think they're usually that, different I'm not it's not like they're always changing up it's just more of whether or not I recall what those words are because maybe I'm not using them as often and I've noticed that reading in Icelandic has made a huge difference for me too Mm -hmm. because there are things you just pick up almost naturally from reading because if you understand the context of course I mean that's a really important part but Reading like, you know, and advancing in reading has helped me to form sentences better, or at least pick up on words that might be muddled Mm. together in the language naturally, because people are so used to saying certain things and I can misinterpret what they might mean. Last but not least, (laughs) is the plan going forward. What do you think would be a good push for the both of us?
1: In regards to learning Icelandic. No,
0: in regards to us speaking Icelandic more together, because it's not that you're learning it, (laughs) this is me. And so,
1: um, maybe give a month in between,
0: yeah, okay.
1: at least just so that we find that we're still in balance when we're speaking, also <laughs> English freely, yeah, and then see, because I'm not afraid of it now like I was before, so yeah, I don't mind doing it again.
0: Okay, great. This is our first time going over our feelings about this experimental month of speaking Icelandic, and I did that on purpose because I really wanted us to be able to just let it out and let you know whatever feelings that may have been there as we were going through this just surface. And what's good about that is we were both in a good space while we were doing this. So I didn't think that like, you know, there'd be anger or frustration coming out of that. Otherwise I would not be doing this video. <laughs> but also the first time around, I did a video just that I put on Patreon. I shared with the All Things Lice Patreon community about how I was feeling because it was a very intense experience. And as i had mentioned, we both said like, you know, going into this next one, is like, you almost have a, a bit of heightened feelings around it but it's so nice to, for it to happen and then feel like it's naturally possible for us to keep going. And that's in essence what the goal is, is you know, even though we were speaking Icelandic to each other, it wasn't mandatory for me to speak Icelandic to everybody else. So I would at times, but if I at, you know, at any point I felt uncomfortable, I did sometimes fall back or often fall back on English if I needed to. And that's where I want to really break the barrier. And that's what I'm planning on breaking the barrier with. It's just allowing myself to feel much better at having conversations, because I can often start in Icelandic and then at some point it gets more complicated and I feel like I need to like, you know, feel as if I can still be in the conversation (laughs) and it, it ends up being a default into English, so. I do hope though that this video is helpful to those who are learning a language, whether it's Icelandic or anything else, you know, this is a part of our lives that I feel is important. And I know Gunnar wants to always support me. And I know, you, I, I mean, do you feel like it's important for me to learn Icelandic? Like, I've never actually even asked you that.
1: Uh, because you want to, yes. Otherwise, I would have probably figured out a way for it not to be important. But yeah, it's, it's a big deal of living here, I think. And a big part of living here. And also, if we want to have a family, then yeah. that would be... A bit lonely, I think, not being included in those conversations.
0: Yeah. I think so too. And I don't have any judgment for people who have families in Iceland and maybe their children speak it and they don't. Mm-hmm. That is, you know, everyone goes a different path when mm-hmm. it comes to learning. I think for us though, at least for me, you know, with us having a family, mm-hmm it would feel kind of hard for my kid to be able to express themselves in a language that I don't understand (laughs) or I couldn't advocate on their behalf, for instance, if something were to come up and it was in an environment where Icelandic is spoken the majority, like at school or something so these things are just in that way important to me, but just personally, whether there's another human being brought into the situation or not, it's always something that in the back of my head has been a priority that I'm trying to always push forward. <laughs> so if you did enjoy this video, please make sure to give it a thumbs up. And if you like hearing these types of perspectives from me or from us in regards to the language learning journey, definitely make sure to subscribe. I do want to talk more about this journey and also resources. And I have, um, if for people who are learning Icelandic, in the description box below, I have a link to a group on Facebook actually two groups that are super helpful and there are a lot of resources there because a lot of people often ask me about resources to learn Icelandic and I think having a community is so important and Facebook is a great place for that. I mean, it can have its faults in different areas, but when it comes to at least Icelandic learning, there's a lot of resources in these groups and people are so helpful when you have questions or whatever else, so definitely check that out. Thank you so much for coming on and helping to give some perspective to this. And I know a lot of people like seeing you on camera, so you got your little dose of good math for a little while. (laughs) Hopefully we'll hold you over to the next time.